On the Morning Tilt podcast, and holy shit, episode one has come and gone. It was exciting, it was fun, entertaining, and to be honest, we just love sitting around and talking sports, providing with content to you guys, the listeners. We just want to start out by saying how much we appreciate those who went out of their way, cast an hour out of their time to give us feedback. But what a fucking week last week was. What a weekend. I'm not sure about you guys, Cree Rob Rafa, but I think I took a total of five steps. (laughs) You like that? That's how I woke up this morning, naked, in my room, in front of the mirror, Kirk Cousins, full-fledged baby. Did you see that lock ticket? Did you watch that game last night? I mean, I appreciate your love for, for the listeners, Craig, but I want to take this time and thank absolutely no one. The double champ does what the fuck he wants. Can we just talk about the elephant in the room right now? Holy shit. I'm looking around the table and all I see is smiles. We went 3-0 and in Summer Over the Rainbow. Bucks panthers over. Cards-Bills over. Chargers-Dolphins over. We went 3-0 and in the lock ticket. I mean, obviously. It's an absolute lock. Um, the Cleveland game was just ridiculous. Gross weather, but hung on by a thread. Miracle in Arizona to cash the over. And the Vikings cover no sweat last night. But most importantly, gentlemen, we went 14-3 and in episode one. So I want to officially welcome back Tilters. That is just unbelievable. For money season, baby. It doesn't make sense. Unbelievable. As much as I want to talk about that, and we'll get into that as the episode goes on. But listen, I think, you know, I think this goes for every sports fan, or at least those that aren't total dorks. Um, as you can tell, the NFL trumps a lot of our brain capacity. It does. We eat, sleep, we breathe NFL. Um, and we'd be total losers if we didn't talk about the Masters and what went down at Augusta National. Uh, specifically how good Dustin Johnson is how big of a nerd Bryson DeChambeau is, and the orgasmic setting at that golf course. Rafa, what did you think on the weekend? You know what? So many things caught my eye this weekend watching golf for four days straight, <laughs> but I could not take my eyes off Abraham Answers Caddy. Did you <laughs> see that fucking degenerate on the course? The chairman of Augusta was losing his mind. Yeah. They zoom in on this guy on national TVs, hacking a dart and eating a hot dog. <laughs> There was actually a stat that said Answers Caddy smoked more Belmonts than Dustin Johnson made putts. Oh, that is the first and only cigarette that's ever been smoked in a 100-mile radius of Augusta National. (laughs) (laughs) The chairman was losing his mind. And to top it off, the hot dog review at the end, I lost my mind. The guy's a total character. But if we can just talk Dustin Johnson for a second, not only is he married to legitimately the most beautiful girl in the world and Paulina Gretzky, (laughs) because she's just an absolute alien um we got to talk about his performance obviously he was incredible and i just want to like top off a couple things before we get into his actual performance he has been on fire um especially across the um the pga tour the pga championship tied for second northern trust the playoff event wins and shot 30 under which was insane bmw championship second to john rom he would have won if that miraculous 66 foot putt didn't sink for john and then he won the fedex cup at the tour championship cashing in an easy 15 million dollars so he's been on fire i was the one loser that didn't take him in the masters pool and across the board um <laughs> but yeah Kree Rob, like was he just not unbelievable 
He was, and I was that guy who took Bryson DeChambeau, (laughs) and I just watched him absolutely (laughs) pulverize drives into the woods. I've seen that performance at Don Valley Parkway. I hit that about three or four times, but um, DJ's an absolute stud. I I don't know. Did he he bogey all weekend? He had a couple, Maybe once? but in, in, like on Sunday, he was just no one was beating him. Lights no out. No one was beating yeah. him. Um, uh, just one more quick thing on Bryson DeChambeau. He came in so cocky because he won the U.S. Open at uh, Wingfoot, and he's like, "Yeah, I think Augusta National is a par 67 for me," <laughs> because he's had this new like transformation in his body, driving the fucking golf ball 400 yards, putting a wedge onto the green, and then he comes out and shoots like even par. When I think Bernhard Langer, a 63 year old, had a better score than he did, so he just has to calm down, relax on the cockiness, and uh, just just focus on what he's good at, and that's playing golf. So, um. Listen, episode two. Rafa, what do we got in store? All right, guys. Here it is. Episode two. In bulk. As our hero, Rich Eisen, likes to say, if you don't know who that is, get the fuck off the podcast. (laughs) Today, we will go roundtable discussing the storylines from week 10, including all things from our immaculate, undisputed picks, followed by in-depth look into week 11 as we try to duplicate our success, which we will, and upgrade your dinners from that $2 McDouble to an $8 steak. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with our somewhere over the rainbow picks and our lock ticket that doesn't miss it just doesn't it no, just doesn't miss. It doesn't miss it doesn't miss and you know as you mentioned there's just so much to discuss um <clears throat> there, there's a couple places i want to start um and i'm going to start with uh you know what is right now the favorite twin mvp russell wilson and what happened um between the la rams and the seattle seahawks uh, line closed at Rams minus three. The total was 55 and a half, easiest under I've ever taken in my life. Um, what I saw, boys, is the Rams D is absolutely full of playmakers. I saw Jalen Ramsey prove his worth, hold down DK to about two catches. Um, here's a stat for you. LA sacked Wilson six times. Three of them were by Leonard Floyd. The Rams also made three takeaways in LA territory and intercepting two of Wilson's passes and one fumble. Guess who? Leonard Floyd. You know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't think, as we discussed last week, like, first of all, they can't win a Super Bowl with this defense, for one. Um, but also, I think Russ might be slowing down. He has 10, uh, 10 turnovers in the last three games. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they just lost their starting center and Ethan Pochich. Hardest name I've ever said. Sounds like um, a nerd. I don't know what you guys think, but I'll, I'll leave you with one more stat as I look at futures odds to win the Super Bowl. The L.A. Rams have not given up a second-half touchdown since week three. Sean McVay goes into the locker room and comes up with one of the most fantastic defensive schemes at half. It's something I've never seen before. I'm picturing, like, a crazy, crazy locker room talk at halftime, like, every week. Like, like strippers, like, everything. The whole like, like, the other team is not getting in our fucking end zone. It's out of control. No, look, I, I watched that game, too. And look, Russell Wilson, he looked off. I haven't seen him look like that in a long time. I mean, we could talk about the defense all day. They fucking stink. But look, Russell Wilson, there was one play that caught my eye that I just, it didn't feel, it didn't feel like Russell Wilson. And it was when they were in the, the, they were in the red zone. And he easily could have rushed for the, for the first down. And he threw a pass across his body. And in my head, I'm like, oh, this is one of those plays where Tyler Lockett's going to, like, barely get in his two big toes to get this touchdown. And it was a disgustingly ugly pick. It didn't look like Russell Wilson. I didn't love it. Um, I don't really know what to think about them today. I want to just go off what Rafa was saying with Russell Wilson at interception. I think it's come to a point where he has in his mind that he has to force everything because he is that team. If he doesn't perform, if he doesn't make a play, they have no chance of winning that game or any game. I think if they don't have Russell Wilson, they're a two- or three-win NFL team. 
But I want to talk about the Rams as well. Um, Cree Rob, I think you said it perfectly. This team it definitely is scary going down the stretch. They have a big matchup against Tampa Bay this week on Monday Night Football, which can very be um, a battle of the two best teams in the NFC. Um, the Rams' defense is crazy. Jalen Ramsey, like, good luck having your number one superstar wide out do anything against him. And then we know we have Aaron Donald and, and Leonard Floyd on that defensive line linebacking core. So they are scary. And I'm curious to see how Seattle responds. They have a quick turnaround against Arizona. A huge game for the division, most likely. Um, so I'm curious to see how they respond. Yeah, and speaking of, you know, as we see Wilson's MVP odds decline, we see Kyler's go up. Um, Crayfish, I need to hear your opinion on, on this, Buffalo, Arizona. I, uh, you smacked the over. <laughs> oh. I absolutely loved it. You it think? was definitely not the easiest over to hit. There was, what, three field goals and three red zone trips for the Cardinals. But I just need to start by saying this. What a fucking football game. Like, honestly, hands down the game of the week. DeAndre Hopkins, are you kidding me? Like, how in the world did he catch that ball? It, Bro, makes, it makes no fucking sense. Tell me you saw the picture of all the gloves with the Jordan gloves yeah, catching gloves, the ball. And then all the media loves the Hopkins. He's like, oh, he has like triple, triple XL hands. Like, relax. He's amazing. <laughs> um, but listen, this game lived up to the hype. The duel of uh, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray was unbelievable. Allen, 32 of 49, 285, two touchdowns, but two critical interceptions. And Murray, 22 of 32, not the highest passing game of his life. 245 yards, one touchdown, one pick. But he is a crazy, crazy threat on the ground. 61 yards, two touchdowns. It, it like looks as a defensive coordinator. I wonder how you like game plan for this kid. Like he's crazy. He's a way better Lamar Jackson in my mind. He's a scary, scary good quarterback. Um, he's on pace to become the first ever quarterback to have 4,000 passing yards and 1,000 rushing yards in the same season. Just something we've never seen before. It's nuts to say the least. Um, I think it goes without saying that both these teams are playoff teams. Um, but, you know, how about these uh, fucking apples, so to speak? Arizona has to quickly turn the page after this dramatic win and face off against Seattle on Thursday night, like we mentioned previously, who are coming off back-to-back -back losses to the Bills and the Rams. So this Thursday is a huge game for the seeding of the NFC. But how about week 11? Sorry, week 17 for the AFC East. Miami in Buffalo, which can very, very well be for that division crown. So I turn it over to you guys. Like, thoughts on that game? Thoughts on the AFC playoff picture with Miami and... And Buffalo and, and Seattle, Arizona, and the NFC West. I, I, I can't move on without commenting on this. Do you guys know Mario Party and that those like Goomba Koopa Troopas? Of course. That, and their legs just move so fast. <laughs> yeah. by the upper body that I'm not, I thought that was Kyler Mer Like He looks like a Goomba from one of those Mario Party <laughs> games. I don't know. I think, it, I think Kyler Murray takes 10 steps every time DK takes one. <laughs> oh, DK's an animal. Yeah, no, for sure. And like the AFC playoff race is, is crazy. And, you know, I can't talk about this without talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm sorry. I, I have to just go in because this team at 9-0 and is just absolutely out of this world. Um, it's phenomenal watching this defense. And I'll, I'll get into it in a second. But, Max, I don't know. What do you think? Look, these both both these teams are amazing. I mean, I'm not the biggest Buffalo fan, but it's undeniable that they're going to win games, and they're definitely going to make some noise in the playoffs. The defense has looked a little shaky this year, but uh, I have faith it'll turn around when you have McDermott at head coach. Um, and then I look at Arizona. I mean, Arizona, I'm not the biggest Kyler Murray fan. I don't dislike him. I don't love him. But look, he's putting up numbers. He looks good. DeAndre Hopkins, guy's out of control. He's on fire. So uh, it was a great game. It was a great game. I'd love to see both teams make the playoffs and lose in the first round. Which they will. Which they will. Oh, yeah, they will. Which, sure. which they both yeah. will. And um, speaking of not losing in the first round, uh, did you guys watch the New Orleans Saints game? My God, here we go. All right, so... Here we go. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Minus nine and a half. I mean, that was a lock, and it, it proved to be. And there's some things that I look at that game that just pop out to me right away are the Saints special teams and the Saints defense. 
two muff punts recovered by the Saints, which is unbelievable. Secondly, the Saints the Saints allowed one touchdown in the first quarter, and after that, they did not allow another touchdown. Two field goals the rest of the way. Obviously, Drew Brees getting hurt is not ideal, but they're saying that it'll be back in five, six weeks, let's call it, on a conservative side. I think this looks a lot like last week with Jameis, win- uh, with last year with Teddy Bridgewater. They bring in Jameis. Look, he didn't look great this week, but there was no game plan, so they're going to bring him in next week. Um, look, the, the Niners are a disaster. They're injury prone. I'm not going to talk too much shit about them because, I mean, they're sending out a bunch of scrubs. But the Saints yeah. looked great. What do you guys think? I Listen, I, I you mentioned Jameis Winston comparison to Teddy Bridgewater. I hope it works out for your sake the same way as it did last year, but those two are totally different quarterbacks. Like, you know the Teddy Bridgewater, he's coachable. He doesn't make mistakes. He's consistent. He's a game manager type of quarterback. And then you got Jameis Winston, who we know, everybody knows who watches ball NFL. Slinger. Just a ball slinger. He's a gunslinger. A he, touchdown he 30 thrower. touchdowns, 30 picks last year. Like, I hope. He's explosive, no doubt. But I hope under Sean Payton and maybe Drew Brees' leadership, um, that he turns it around and wins some games for them. Yeah, I, I love Winston. I mean, what he did last year, he led the league in passing yards for a majority of the year. Uh, you know, he was a fantasy wizard um, through a shit ton of picks. But I'll be honest with you, just for the storyline, I want to see Taysom Hill start at least one game. It's not going to happen. If Taysom and, Hill starts, I will not watch football. And, it's and, not going to happen. And, and pull out like a Kyler game where he just runs for like 150, like catches two touchdowns and throws two. I hope two. Taysom Hill gets tortured. <laughs> I cannot even look at him. I hate gadget players in the NFL. Like, relax. You're not a good player. You're used for, like, a four- or five-yard carry. Like, he, get out of the field. Yeah, he, he embarrasses those who just, like, focus on one position their whole career. And moving on, because <laughs> I can't listen to this fucking <laughs> garbage. Uh, team that the New Orleans Saints will potentially be playing in the Super Bowl? Probably not. The Pittsburgh Steelers? I mean, Corey, I'll let you take this one. Yeah. Um, just tell me when to stop, because I can go on for about three hours here. But let's just start. Stop. Oh. the the line closed at uh steelers minus six and a half uh the total was 47 and a half Uh, again just an easy smash but um i I do have to call out right now last week i came on the podcast and said if ben doesn't play um bengals could cover but not only did ben play he looked like he was an mvp for him um my god was he slinging the ball 344 yards, four touchdowns, found every single player on the field. Easy comeback player of the year candidate, maybe an MVP candidate. Again, Tomlin said his his week off may have helped. He's 38 years old. He just came off elbow surgery. I wouldn't be surprised if they rest him for, you know, Tuesday to Friday moving forward. He just looked absolutely fantastic. But let's talk about the defense. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. I can't believe it every week. Cincinnati went 0 for 13 on third down let me just repeat that they have the number one overall pick the golden boy of the nfl and they went 0 for 13 on third down they had four sacks on them two from future defensive player of the year tj watt um joe burrow welcome to the afc north uh, an official welcome to this steeler team steeler nation you know I- i'm pissed off like people are still doubting this team it's making me sick um i get it the run game needs to improve james connor stinks I'm a big Benny Snell guy. I think McFarland might get some touches next week, too. <laughs> Ray Ray McLeod out of the backfield. I don't know. But Connor can't move the ball. He's brutal. Um, I mean, please, someone debate me. Like, please, someone debate me that Ooh. this team is the best team in the AFC. Well, they're not, and that's the problem. The problem is if, the, if, if there was one team that wasn't in the AFC, sure, I'd give it to you because I think Pittsburgh's great. I mean, I'm never going to bet on them again, like I said last week, and I'm not going to talk about you-know-who on this podcast because he stinks as a coach. <laughs> but look, if, if Kansas City wasn't there, which which they are, which they are, I, I'd give them a lot of credit. But look, no one's getting past Kansas City in the AFC. It's just not going to happen. Um, Pittsburgh looks good, but I don't see that defense holding back Mahomes as good as they are. 
I mean, this guy picks apart everybody with every single weapon on his team. It's it's uh, it's disgusting. So good on Pittsburgh. I mean, AFC Championship. It's really great. You know, you get to go there. You get to send those shirts to Africa when they lose. <laughs> it's it's great. I mean, <laughs> but it's not happening. Listen, there's nothing wrong being the second best team in the AFC. I think Pittsburgh looks great, but I agree with Rafa. They won't stand a chance. I don't even think they have a chance. I'm going to go that far against Kansas City. That team's just too good, but... I think you're right about Big Ben. I don't think anyone's talking about him for comeback player of the year because everybody just seems to forget that he was out all of last year. They keep talking about Alex Smith for whatever reason. What has he fucking done? The guy literally can't <laughs> walk. Like, I just don't get it. I'd give it to Big Ben for sure, and I agree that he is an MVP candidate. And what I love most about this game, this offense is so good because Big Ben just finds everybody. Claypool had a touchdown. Juju has a touchdown. This kid, Deontay Johnson, who I haven't heard of till like, three weeks ago, Puts up 100 yards a game, and I think he scored a touchdown as well. So this team's very scary. I think they have a chance of going 16-0 because they don't face Kansas City until um, the praised AFC Championship game. But, um, yeah, they look good. Yeah, you know, I got to give credit to Mahomes. Obviously, he's a stud. Um, one guarantee I will have, um, and my God, we're going to talk about this a lot today, but they are for sure the best team in Pennsylvania. I <laughs> cannot watch this Eagles team and Crayfish. I know they played your, your Giants. Please, like. What'd you see? I am convinced I am the ho- only human being. I think there's, what, 7.5 billion people in the world that watch the New York Giants play football. <laughs> because if, if I wasn't, this spread would have been minus three, minus three and a half for the Giants. Like, as this season continues to blossom, we see the chemistry between Jason Garrett, offensive coordinator, Daniel Jones continue to get better. This offense is running more run pass options, allowing Daniel Jones to get loose on the run which in turn increases play-action efficiency, and that's how this offense is going to click, especially with no big-name receivers. And listen, no turnovers again. Look at that, no turnovers are 2-0. and That's the secret to the NFL. We also see this defense continuing to prove week in, week out. Top 10 defensive unit in the NFL. Wentz went, what, 0 for 9 on third down? Like, the Eagles actually, like, actually stink. Like, they actually smell like poo. So, like... <laughs> I think that has to bring up the question, how long does Wentz last? Like, is that an overreaction to say? I think ever since 2017, that injury against the Rams, he has not been the same quarterback. And you can't give me the excuse with the no weapons. He had Miles Sanders back. He had Alshon Jeffrey back. He had Dallas Goddard back. But listen, I don't think this team's great. Doug Peterson, I love Doug Peterson, but last week's performance from a coaching standpoint was just a circus. A circus. Going for two on, what, every single touchdown? Just doesn't know what he's doing. Um, so it goes to question this NFC East playoff race. Um, what do you guys have to say? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I can't believe Hertz hasn't gotten a start yet at this point. Like, this team is getting healthy, and they need to win games now. Um, the only thing that I saw in the Giants game is Danny Dimes didn't trip over the 10 line <laughs> yeah. for, for the first <laughs> that time. That would have been really bad. I mean, he can move, though. I mean, he can he move. He can move. I think it was the blue cleats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can, can, can we talk about Wayne Gallman quickly? Oh, my is God. Is he not Barry Sanders? I, I thought oh he was my. Barkley for a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing, too. I'm listening to all these other shows, and they're loving the Giants now, and they forget that Saquon's a part of this team. Yeah, They just totally forget because yeah. that's how good they're operating right now. Just wait till he comes back next year. And they got to get a wide receiver in the offseason. Really have to get a wide sure. receiver really, really bad. And, I don't know what the free agent class is like or the um, – the uh, draft class coming up, but that's definitely a need. Man, it, it's just crazy to me, and Max. I know you want to chat about this too, but like, uh, do I? <laughs> at, at three and seven, they are in the hunt to have a home it, playoff game. Like, can we just like scrap the NFC East moving it, forward? It's a disaster division, but also looking at it from a fan's perspective, it could be a great learning experience for this team. First year head coach, first year new staff, for like quarterback who's obviously turning the page. 
I'm not expecting them to win a playoff game if they win the division, but it's a great learning experience, and I think that can do wonders for them in the near future. But, like, before Max um, goes off on our takes on Wentz, I assume, <laughs> um, I just want to have one more quick point. The Eagles' next five games, because we're talking playoff race, Cleveland, Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, Arizona. What is that, 1-4 and four at best? Best. 0-5? Oh Giants have a bye and face Cincinnati, which is I could be a must-win. Joe Burrows look great, but it could be a must-win for the division. So, Max, go ahead, rail us. I have not said one word for four and a half minutes because I cannot close my mouth. I am absolutely mind-blown that you two have been talking for over four minutes about a Philadelphia Eagles-New York Giants game. <laughs> who the fuck cares? Like, who the fuck cares? Ooh, yeah, Giants, Eagles, Wentz. I don't give a shit. This team stink. Oh, my God. But no, like, good for the Giants. They beat the Eagles. whoop de doo Like, good for you, Craggy. <laughs> fuck, that was brutal. Let's move to a game that I actually did oh, care good. about. The Baltimore Ravens versus the New England Patriots. Um, quick backstory here. I had a six-team money line parlay. I had the Detroit Lions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Cleveland Browns at 1 o'clock. They all covered. 4 o'clock, I had the New Orleans Saints and the Las Vegas Raiders. Of course they won. And what, it, what was the last leg of my ticket? My most hated player in the league. But what did I do? I'm like, you know what? They're playing the Patriots, my actual most favorite hated quarterback in the league because I cannot stand Cam Newton. I cannot stand Lamar Jackson. But I bought in for the hype for Lamar for one night. I'm like, look, he's going to go in there and clean it up. New England almost got spanked by the Jets the week before. And what happened? An absolute disaster. You look at the weather in that game. It was like a it was like Hurricane Katrina in New England. It was absolutely out of control. And in my head, I'm like, who's the one player on earth I actually want during this game? And the answer for me was Lamar Jackson because the guy actually could just take the snap and run the ball. And in my head, I'm like, no one's stopping that because he can't throw and he doesn't have to throw. And what did I watch? 55 yards in 60 minutes of football. He did not average a yard a minute in a game where I think he could have ran for three to 400 yards. And I'm not exaggerating. That's the type of game it was. I'm embarrassed for the city of Baltimore. I apologize to their fans for having to watch that disaster. All I want to do is go toe to toe to you, but I, I can't. I can't because I agree with everything you just said. I watched Al and Chris go back and forth about Heisman winners, MVP winners. These two guys are the – and nobody can complete a pass on the f- – <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. They're talking Heisman <laughs> stats. They're throwing me MVPs. This guy's going to – I'm like, I, am I a better quarterback than both these guys? Like nobody can complete a 15-yard pass with a tight spiral. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I, I mean, I agree, Max. I mean, Lamar isn't the real deal. Uh, I said it before. I'll say it again and again and again. I, I genuinely don't know if this guy will be a starting quarterback in five years. He I, won't be. That's where I was going to go with this. I'm, if I'm in the shoes of Baltimore Ravens management, they have a great organization, great culture throughout the years, always a playoff team, always a contender. If you're sitting in your room and thinking about your future, do you sign Lamar Jackson to a four or five-year extension? No. And I think that's the clear answer. And I think that's why they're in trouble because their defense always comes to play. But this is the 2020 NFL. If you cannot throw the football, throw it. That, isn't that the whole point? Like hockey, you shoot the puck in the net. If you can't shoot, you can't play. Basketball, <laughs> if you can't get it in the hoop, why are you on the court? He cannot throw a football. And I just don't see anything. Like I, I don't see anything promising in this offense. Yeah, they're run heavy. But like, look, it, it just doesn't work in 2020. And like, there was a stat that showed... 
what, this was his first game in his career without scoring 20 points? I understand it was a monsoon, it was a hurricane, whatever happened in New England, but I would not be um, happy or excited for the near future as a Ravens fan. Look, guys, I, I couldn't agree with you both more, but I have to disagree with one thing. Craig, you talked about paying Lamar Jackson. I think I think you're selling him short here. I mean, he was the MVP last year, right? Like, he he's really good, and I think he's going to get signed to a nice four-year deal. He'll change his number to, like, 24 He'll get in the backfield and he'll get <laughs> and he'll get like a Todd Gur- some Todd Gurley money. I don't know, four years, eight million a year. I think that's really fair, and I think he could be a really good running back in this league. I think the Ravens have a really good player. <laughs> I just think he's playing the wrong position. <laughs> I mean, clearly he knows or, what or he's the doing. the wrong sport. Like I could see him dominating the two hundred meter sprint. At the oh, <laughs> he can give Usain Bolt a <laughs> run for his money. <laughs> oh my god, he's so phenomenal. Look, oh, boys. Uh, honestly, what a week of football it was. Uh, again, Craig said it best. I think I took about eight steps on Sunday. Um, we can talk about it forever, but you know, in sales, they say you're only as good as your last deal. So uh, I look forward now, and you know, this is in the past. Uh, you're welcome for the 14 and three. You're welcome for the locks, and you're welcome for somewhere over the rainbow. We are back with must smash overs this week. We are going to tell you three overs that you have to take. All three hit last week. We have the insights. We have the confidence. Let's start with none other than me, Cree Rob Four. <laughs> I mean, I'm just so excited about this pick. It's, you know, again, a pick I probably will never make again. Um, but the over that I'm taking this week is Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals against uh, broken leg Alex Smith and the Washington football team. Uh, the line has opened up at 46 and a half. Um, let's just go over a couple stats before I give my qualitative analysis. Uh, five of the last six Cincy games have gone over, and seven of the last Washington games that they played in the AFC have also gone over. Um, you know, both offenses are clicking. I look at both sides. There's young phenoms on, on either end of the ball. Um, Joe Burrow is obviously a stud, could win rookie of the year. Um, you know, he obviously just slings the ball down the field. He walked into the NFL and just took over. Yeah. I look at Washington too. They got Gibson, uh, Terry, scary. Terry's the real deal. Um, but again, in their last three games, Washington has put up 27, 20 and 25. And before since he played the best defense in the NFL, they put up 31, 34 and 27. Both teams can score points. Um, look for the over. I'm expecting 50 to 55 points in this game. And my bonus pick of the week, take Cincy Moneyline. Just saying. They're 2-6-1 two and si- two, six and one overall, 6-2-1 and one against the spread. Love Cincy. Love the over. Max? So when I was looking at the board this week, I actually thought it was a tough week to pick an over. I mean, I thought I thought Vegas did a pretty good job with pinning these numbers. So I'm going to do, I'm gonna do a fall, my fallback plan. And basically what that entails is I'm going to take a matchup that I've already seen this week, this year. Um, we already saw the Vegas Vegas and the Chiefs. The over is 56 and a half. And I'm looking back to last time they played a few weeks ago. And the final score is 40-32. I mean, 72 points. And I think both these teams have only gotten better since then. I mean, that was the jump start to Vegas' this season. And they've kind of been on fire ever since. And who's stopping Patrick Mahomes? Um, I think the score might get flipped this time. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. But I love the over at 56 and a half. Uh, it's a lot of points, but we got we got a lot of score. We got a lot of touchdowns. We got a lot of weapons. So, I mean, I like it. I'm taking over 56, Chiefs Vegas. I like it. You know, we just finished a two, three-minute conversation of absolutely destroying Lamar Jackson and how he can't throw a football. 
Yet I'm going to go right back to the well and take the <laughs> over in that game. It's 48 and a half. I know the stock is plummeting for the Ravens. I know Lamar Jackson is the worst QB to enter the league in the last, I don't know, 15 years. Um, that might be a little harsh. I don't know. But I think the Titans offer him a great bounce back spot. Last week against the Pats was the first game under Lamar Jackson's regime that the Ravens did not score at least 20 points. I think they get back on track offensively. And as much as, as, much as I hate Lamar, um, he's going to put up 30 against this uh, Titans awful defense. This defense just stinks. Let me put it in perspective for you guys. They rank third lowest in the NFL in terms of pressure rate. That's with Jadavion Clowney. Goes to show what a waste of space he is. So far, Lamar, who does tend to struggle passing the football, this can give him some extra time in the pocket, which could be good for him, especially on those rollouts and bootlegs. And for the Titans, who are coming off a stinker themselves, I think they go back to the roots and run Derrick Henry to the ground. Open up that play-action game with A.J. Brown. We saw Baltimore struggle against Damian Harris last Sunday night. Of all people, like who the fuck is Damian Harris? <laughs> I like Henry to have a big game here. The total has gone over six of their last eight games, eight games being Titans and Ravens. I like a 30-24 final. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be smashing that over. I love it. Over in the Bengals-Washington game at 46.5. Over in the KC-Vegas game at 56.5. And, and over in Tennessee and Baltimore at 49. Uh, each game is about minus 110. Uh, total parlay is uh, plus 595. That's uh, gorgeous. We don't recommend parlaying it necessarily, but each pick is good. I mean, I'm not scared, so I'll probably do it. I love it. I'm going to parlay it. <laughs> you don't think I'm parlaying this? <laughs> like we're rich from last week. We might as well parlay it. Oh, my uh, God. So, yeah, um, we're going to bring this back as well this week. Mad tilts. Again, this segment requires each of us to come up with a statement regarding a play performance decision ending in a blank. And we go round table finishing the sentence. Cree Rob, what do you got? First of all, buckle in, Tilters, because this is about to get off the, <laughs> off the map. My God. So I, I love this segment. And again, when I think about Mad Tilt, I, I think about Sunday. And I think about the moment uh, that, you know, I was just in utter shock. So I'm going to take us back to the Arizona-Buffalo game. Um, again, Arizona opened at minus two. Let, let me just do a quick summary here. Arizona was up. Uh, four points, I believe. And Josh Allen was driving down the field for a game-winning touchdown. Uh, about 30, 40 seconds left in the game. He drives down the field, throws an absolute dart, and they go ahead and go up two points. Uh, or three points, sorry. And four points. Four points. Four points. Four points. Yes. They go up about four points. And, you know, as an Arizona Cardinals uh, better, you're thinking, oh, my God, we're, we're done. We're dead. Uh just in time to see Koopa Troopa, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kyler, Kyler Murray pound the ball down the field, throw an absolute dart to Nuke, and looks like they're covering. But as they go and kick the points, Kyler Murray takes a knee and sends all Arizona two and a half betters to their bed. Very sad, very depressed. So, Max, Crayfish, if you had Arizona minus two and a half on Sunday, your facial expressions resembled blank at the end of the game. The problem is, is my facial expression, I've seen it too many times. Um, let me tell you what it is. You're sitting at a casino. It's 4 in the morning. You have 500 bucks in front of you. You're playing well. Things start going bad, real bad. Uh, you're down to 200 bucks. You're tilting hard, so you throw out 100. Two aces versus a six. How excited are you? Okay, Kyler Murray's driving. You're splitting. Can't miss. You can't miss, right? Cards come out. You're all in now. You have a hundred. You have a hundred on each. This is it. A nine and a nine. You have twenty and twenty. 
Dealer sitting with six. You're so excited. Order a vodka soda. You're literally counting the chips. You're fired up. And what does the dealer turn over? A 10. And you're like, oh my God, I'm going to take it home. Like, I feel it. Monkey one time. Monkey. You're <laughs> screaming monkey. Hopkins. Like, you're <laughs> screaming for it. Like, please. And then the Hamsa comes. That dreaded red five of diamonds to just break your heart as Kyler Murray's knee hits the ground. Oh my God! It's the worst feeling in the world, and sadly, I know it too well. Oh. <laughs> That's so brutal. That's <laughs> so just the, bad. Yeah, I don't want to envision that sight at all. Um, you know, I watched this game and I literally yelled at my TV, "Holy shit!" That did not just happen, and it, it made me think of Home Alone One. <laughs> Home Alone One, always around at Christmas time. What a series that that movie is. Um, you know, I I I don't know if. Macaulay Calk, that's his name? Macaulay. Macaulay I don't know Culkin. if he's alive anymore. Like, I, I, <laughs> he actually like, turned his he, life around. Isn't he a ditch or something? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, he's looking good these days. Okay, good. As long as he's looking good because I'm a huge fan. But his mom in the movie, it's like the first 20 minutes of the movie. Stop Give it. you some premise. Stop <laughs> They're all going away for Christmas vacation, as all rich people do in America. They're going away, and they realize, because they have 350 people in their family, they're like, oh, where the fuck's Kevin? And then you see Kate, Kate McAllister, that's the mom's face. Mom's name, sorry. And her <laughs> face just drops to the ground at the airport yelling, come on. So that's the exact face that I made when uh, Kyler Murray took that knee. What a nightmare. When Kyler Murray took that knee, I had Arizona minus two and a half. And I'm going to take you back to, I would say, one of the greatest movies in recent history, The Longest Yard. Oh, baby. Let me paint a picture for you. Adam Sandler, who plays the greatest Paul Crew former MVP of the NFL, is putting together a football team, as you know. And he needs a tight end. <laughs> so what does he do? He goes to the mental asylum to pick up the great Khalid, who's smashing his head on the wall and screaming. Brings him out to a practice, and in his first play in practice, Watowski... Swatowski. Swatowski, who's the defensive end, tries to get to crew. Khalid gives him the sweet chin music, and I will never forget... Swatowski gets up and the infamous line, he broke in my <laughs> nose. The tears on his face, the anger on his face resembled me watching Nuke get up there, catch it, and then watch Kyler take a knee and just ruin my ticket. Swatowski, let's go. What a beauty. <laughs> I love that. Like, obviously, it's one of those young stud quarterbacks that throw that ball. And that leads to our next mad tilt. If we were to group this year's rookie class of quarterback studs, that being Burrow, Herbert, Tua, again, these guys are good-looking, just came into the league and tore shit up. Which famous three-pack do they remind you most of? I heard you say the word good-looking. I mean, yeah, Joey Burrow's gorgeous, but like, have you looked at <laughs> Kyler Murray? And have you looked at Justin Herbert? Oh, sorry, Tua Tungavailoa, maybe even worse. Tungavailoa, 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 Tungavailoa. <laughs> Look, I see these three guys, and all I can picture is Seth, Evan, and McLovin from fucking Superbad. <laughs> <laughs> They're just three young guys, have no no name for themselves. They're just walking around their school, walking around this league with nobody's talking about them until recently, and they're just trying to get their dicks wet. They're just trying to get their name out there, and I just look at these three beauties, and they're just <laughs> chilling. They're throwing the ball. They're trying to make moves. I mean... They're trying to get after Jules. They're trying to get the NFL's attention, and they're they're doing a good job. I mean, it's 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 hilarious. 
Yeah, I mean, I can never, ever resemble McLovin to an NFL quarterback, but, <laughs> but I appreciate where you're coming from. Um, I'm going to go different. Route. I'm going to go to the hangover, uh, hangover one specifically, uh, when they lose Dougie, and uh, it's Phil, Allen, and Stu <laughs> just cranking around Vegas. Phil uh, obviously resembles Joe Burrow, leader of the pack, a fundamentally sound man rocket. Um, mm. Allen to a Tagovailoa, Tagovailoa, Tagovailoa. <laughs> Short lefty, looks horrible on paper, but a low pro weapon. And Stu is obviously Herbert. Total nerd, can't win. <laughs> but makes bank and pads of stats. I mean, Phil, Allen, and Stu. And then there's a baby somewhere in there. I just don't know who it can is. We, can, we, <laughs> can we take a second to just appreciate how good looking Bradley Cooper is for a minute? It's, it's not fair. Oh it God. is absolutely not fair. The guy's a total, he is total gorgeous. Okay, oh so I'm gonna go on the movie path as well because I guess that's just the path we're going on. I'm a huge Scorsese fan. I have literally seen his entire um, set of movies. You know, Wolf of Wall Street, The Departed, Casino, The Irishman, all of them. I'm a total sucker for mafia crime. It's just my absolute favorite type of movie. So my all-time favorite is Goodfellas, a classic mafia movie, group of studs that do to whatever the fuck they want. We got Robert De Niro as James Conway. Joe Pesci as Tommy DeVito, and Ray Liotta as Henry Hill. So in the movie, James Conway, De Niro's character, is portrayed as this total fucking gangster. Everyone looks at him and they have shit coming down their pants. So for the <laughs> sake of this segment, Joe Burrow is our James Conway, the long-standing rookie, started week one, total stud, came in and just runs the show, picks apart defenses, other than that matchup against the number one defense in Pittsburgh. But he has just been an absolute like showstopper he's been incredible and then we got tommy devito pesci's character who's a gutless gunslinger i swear there's a scene <laughs> in the movie where he literally shoots someone because he got his drink wrong at the bar he shot him in the foot and that guy was from the sopranos yeah right? spider yeah. amazing so that's our justin herbert he goes into the game knowing that he has no chance to win if he doesn't throw at least 35 times <laughs> they don't have a running game i don't even know who the fuck their running back is they have a horrible coach so I think he, if he doesn't throw 35 times put the game on his back then they won't win and lastly is our henry hill ray Liotta's character this guy comes in as a cool young kid, watches the old folks do their thing, rob banks, steal trucks of cigarettes, and all the other shit they do until he becomes one of the best and feared gangsters. This is our Tua, Tangavailoa. Tangavailoa. Watches and learns from Fitzmagic. You know, he's been great, Fitzmagic. Everyone's cri uh, criticizing Brian Flores for taking him out. They won three in a row. Tua comes in, takes his job, and leads the Dolphins to the top of the league. Just quick, snap of a finger, just like that. So that's my Mad Tilts, good fellas. Cree Rob. He had The Hangover Part 1, Max, super bad. I absolutely loved all of them. How the hell have you seen every Scorsese movie <laughs> when you work Monday to Friday? Saturday is football all day. Sunday is football all day. And you've been doing that for the last 23 years of your life. Well, that's a great I'm question. Calling, I'm uh, calling bullshit on that. My Monday to Friday, no I wouldn't call it work. I'd call it Bet365 and Netflix. <laughs> but other than that, that's, that's where my time goes. So, so yeah. You guys ready for this segue? It's going to be really good, okay? We're talking about gangster movies. I'm going to give you an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> Would you rather blank or have to watch the next time the Chicago Bears are on offense? Corey, go ahead. So... Just, just reinforce. What would I rather do than what, watch another Chicago Bears offensive drive? Yes. Uh, honestly, I'd rather watch a Jets drive. <laughs> I mean, I never thought I'd see the day, but I'd rather watch Joe Flacco run an offense with the New York Jets, who are zero and nine, than have to watch Nick Big Dick Foles 
I couldn't like, agree more. I, I couldn't mean, agree more. I mean, all Flacco does is sling the ball and get pass interference calls. But again, I, I don't want to go off the board. I just <clears throat> that that's it. I, I mean, I'd rather. And watch we get to see track. Adam Gase's face too when we watch. <laughs> yeah, we get to see that googly eye fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Greggy? Uh, okay, yeah, I'll go. Um, you know, last night's game, we're filming this on a Tuesday, so last night was Monday Night Football. And I just feel bad for the Monday Night Football crew. You know, they have to watch the Chicago Bears play. And that leads me to Sunday Night Football because we got Al Michaels, Chris Collingsworth, two legends of the game. And can we just take in that they have the Bears scheduled for Sunday Night Football in two weeks? I think Roger Goodell needs to do something here. Call the owners, call the executives, call anybody. Act as if there's a COVID outbreak throughout the league and flex the Bears out of Sunday Night Football because that is criminal for us fans to sit down and watch this game on primetime. So for me, I'd rather be casted in the next Saw movie. For those who are <laughs> unaware of this series, the Saw movies are, for the lack of a better term, a torture fest. There's people trapped in a house, fucking taking their eyeballs out, needles coming out of their dick, <laughs> like heads smashed in like bear traps. So I would rather be trapped in a haunted house with this little clown riding a tricycle with deadly obstacles in every direction than watch another Chicago Bears offensive drive. I love that. I love that. I'm going to do I'm going to change it up a little bit. I am willing and wanting to take a walk that only 14 men in history have ever taken before. I am willing to go toe to toe with the Undertaker <laughs> locked in hell in a cell. Okay? At fourteen WrestleMania. at WrestleMania. At fourteen WrestleMania. men. Fourteen men oh have made that walk. I will be the fifteenth if I never have to watch Matt Nagy call a play again. I will take the tombstone pile driver like a champ because it will hurt less than Matt Nagy calling plays. I love if we just bring in the movie content every week. I, I love it. We get that cult, like, pop culture vibe along with our picks. Talking about picks. You know, we were 14-3 and three last week. What a first impression. Again, with the rainbow picks, with the log ticket, and their overall picks, we just killed it. So let's get into it this week. Cree Rob, give me some games you want to analyze. Give me some picks. Give the viewers some ways to make money this weekend. Here we go. Big week ahead. Week 11. Buckle in. We're about to make you some money. I'm going to walk through four picks that I absolutely love, uh, and I'll give you reasons why. First pick that I'm smashing is under 48 and a half between the Cleveland Browns and the Philadelphia Eagles. The total has gone under in four or five last Cleveland games in November. The reason why is because the weather in Cleveland is absolutely trash, and I expect the exact same this Sunday. Heavy rain, heavy winds, there's just no chance that they're going to be able to throw the ball, let alone the fact that Carson Wentz is literally the worst quarterback in the NFL. Um, and that also goes to show that five of the last seven Eagles games in total have gone under as well. Um, both teams have been run heavy, so Chubb, again, will go for about 100 yards. Kareem will come in with about 50 or 60. That means the clock will be running. This game will go under. Smash it. I absolutely love it. I, I also look at uh, you know a team that we've spoken about a couple times, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, this uh, you know minus six and a half spread is a joke. Again, today is Tuesday. This might go up to eleven or twelve by Sunday. Get on <laughs> it as soon as possible. Um, listen to this. In his twenty-one year career, Andy Reid has gone eighteen and three after the bye week, and this includes last season when the Chiefs absolutely destroyed the Raiders, forty to nine, coming off a bye. Um, also, Mahomes has literally never lost to a team twice, and is coming off his worst career loss to Oakland, which was an eight-point spread. 
This is an absolute lock. Smash KC, minus six and a half. There's one other qualitative thing that I'm sure you've all seen if you watch sports. Andy Reid mentioned that the Raiders took a victory lap after Arrowhead. Yeah, it's unbelievable. After they beat the Chiefs. And the talk in the locker room was it pissed them off. Oh, yeah. I played sports growing up. You know, the stats or whatever. But honestly, rivalry games and shit like that, you just can't do. They're going to come out angry, hungry, <laughs> play physical football, slaughter the Chiefs. Did you just compare the GTHL to the <laughs> NFL? <laughs> The Rangers versus the Penguins, yeah, and you're buddy, comparing that to buddy, Patrick go, Mahomes? Go out to Camarine on a Sunday morning and watch the Hillcrest <laughs> Penguins do some work. Are you kidding me? Gotta love Gruden for that move, though. I love that guy. My third pick that's an absolute smash, and again, we continuously talk about how bad Baltimore is. The Tennessee Titans are going to cover six and a half in Baltimore this weekend. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I go back to the stats as well. Uh, this Ravens quarterback just cannot throw the ball. Uh, he's failed to develop a passer this season, and, you know, the Titans are actually number one in the league with a 72.5 coverage grade which means that they're you know, absolutely locked down in pass coverage, um, let alone the fact that they just added all-pro slot defender Desmond King uh, and number one cornerback Adoree Jackson's actually coming back. He, he had a knee problem, but he's coming back this week. He's going to shut down. I, I don't know what, Marquise Brown is the WR1? <laughs> My God, the team stinks. Um, I also love that in 2020, road dogs coming off a loss have won 65% of the, uh, percent of the times, straight up. So um, pretty interesting stat. I love the Titans there. Smash it. My final pick for you, Tilters, Detroit Lions plus three in Carolina. Potentially no Teddy, potentially no McCaffrey. This line is a joke. Stafford's going to play. Their offense is clicking. Kenny Galladay is questionable. But again, have you seen TJ Hawkinson play? <laughs> He's absolutely fantastic. AP still pounding and uh, grounding and pounding. Again, I love it. So, Cree Rob, under 48 Cleveland Philly, Detroit Lions plus three. KC in Vegas, minus six and a half. And the Titans are going to cover six and a half against Baltimore. All right, boys, let's get it going here. I have four picks for you today on top of my over the rainbow pick. We're going to start it off with my boys down in New Orleans. Uh, I'd like the Saints minus five here. I know I mentioned it before, but last year when Drew Brees went down, it was it was heartbreaking. But Teddy Bridgewater came in the game against the Rams and he looked like absolute dog shit. And what happened the next five games? They went five and zero. Oh. I think Sean Payton's going to have a whole week with Jameis to really figure out what he's good at, what he's not good at. Um, I think they're going to they're gonna look just like they did last year. I think even better because I think Jameis is a better thrower of the football than Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, call me crazy, but guy knows how to throw. So I'm going to take the Saints minus five. Atlanta's abysmal. Raheem Morris, I've never heard of the guy until two weeks ago. I don't know if he can outcoach Sean Payton. So I'll take the Saints minus five. Another game I love this weekend is the Browns minus three. Uh, they're playing Philly. I mean, like Corey said, Wentz is a disaster. I'm expecting a lot of weather in this game as well, and I think that really benefits the Browns with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield. I think they're going to run all over this team. Uh, I'm going to take the Browns minus three. I think they cover there. Um, again, like Corey said too, I love Kansas City minus six and a half versus Vegas for all the reasons he said. I just don't see Kansas City losing to the same team twice, It's just especially a division opponent. Uh, six and a half sounds low to me. I think it should be higher, so take Kansas City now while they're at that, while they're at that number. And my last pick of the day, I'm going to take the Dolphins minus three versus Denver. Um, I didn't get the memo, but apparently the Nevada Gambling Commission teamed up with the American uh, Society for the Visually Impaired because whoever <laughs> made this line has never fucking watched football in their lives. <laughs> Dolphins minus three? What is this, a joke? Drew Locke can't throw a football further than my grandma. Oh, my God. Give Were me the Dolphins. you not the person who said Drew Locke would right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> We had a rough summer, boys. But look, I'm taking the Dolphins minus three to a Tungavailoa. 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 He's going he's gonna to kill this team. I think Dolphins are going to c- cover convincingly. I think the Dolphins are going straight to the playoffs. 
And a little bonus pick for me. This one's close to the heart, but I like Jameis Winston anytime touchdown. I think he's going to walk Ooh. one in. I think the bench is going to erupt. I think all my boys that love the Bucks are going to be crying on their couch when they see Jameis black and gold too. in the end zone. Smash that as well. I love that anytime touchdown ticket. I'll probably ride that. Oh, yeah. He's a fiery player. <laughs> Listen, Steelers minus 10 against the Jags. Um, Steelers are rolling. The one question mark I had about this team was Big Ben, and he has quietly, quietly put all those concerns to rest. With the exception of the Cowboys disaster in Week 9, which is, you know, this year's different than most, the Steelers have proven to beat up on their teams they're supposed to beat. Last week, for example, Cincinnati. Spread closed at 8.5. They end up winning that game 36-10. Utter dominance. Eagles, week 5, same thing. Spread closed at minus 7.5. They end up winning that game 38-29. When in reality, it should have been a 20-plus point win. Man, I hate garbage time football. Garbage time football just ruins everything. Um, And then again, the Steelers defense, which is preached upon every episode because we have a homer to my left here. But against that uh, first-year quarterback, Josh Luton, or Lupin, professor against the dark arts. I love that line. Is it a night game? (laughs) Is it a night game? Yeah. No, oh, so we should be fine. Oh, so as, we, as, yeah, long, no as long as there's no yeah, full no, moon, no we should be okay moon. here. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> were playing prime time. We're recycling that joke every time he plays. I love if it. If this guy's starting, Professor Lupin's being brought up. <laughs> so we've seen what this defense is capable of doing against QBs who lack experience. Again, Joe Burrow, he was on fire last week, plays a great defense, struggles. Gilbert and Dallas struggled. And even Baker Mayfield, who has like three, four years under his belt, can't beat the Steelers. And this offense, like I mentioned earlier, this weaponry of receivers is just too much for Jacksonville to handle. I have no idea who's going to cover them. Pittsburgh's averaging 32 points a game over their last six, while Jacksonville's giving up an average of 31 over their last six. It's hard to keep off offensively with a rookie quarterback, especially against a top three defensive unit. Looking over to the Jags side, I think that game against the Packers last week was a huge blow to that locker room. You had a great opportunity to beat one of the dominant teams in the league, Aaron Rodgers, in Lambeau Field. They were begging to lose that game. They were out of sync. They couldn't get their offense rolling. And to still come out that game with a loss, I think that's detrimental to the group of guys, which I think can like equal to a flat performance for the following week here against Pittsburgh. Just a stat for you to back this up. Steelers 4-0 on the road this year straight up. 3-1 against the spread. Only lost to Gilbert and the Cowboys on the season 7-2 against the spread. I'm very comfortable with the Steelers minus 10. I'm going to agree with Rafa here. Dolphins minus 3 against the Broncos. I believe the spread's going to close maybe at 5.5-6 on Sunday. It's oh, yeah. a joke that it's at 3 again. We're filming, recording on Tuesday night. First of all, two is an absolute stud. This defense is just playing out of their minds right now. You know, you know I'm a huge Brian Flores fan. I love what he and the Miami coaching staff are doing with Tua and their playbook. Offensive coordinator Chan Gailey, he's calling plays that are heavily reliant on Tua's strengths, which is why this offense is clicking so nicely. They're taking advantage of the bootlegs, the rollouts on play action. Tua feels comfortable. He looks comfortable as a fan. The TD to interception ratio is 5-0. and He's just been so efficient, so stellar. He's been impressive. And this Miami defense, over the course of the last five games, this defensive unit is giving up an average of 12 points. Could be skewed a little bit from the 24-0 debacle of the Joe Flacco-led Jets because he just is an embarrassment. But still, 17 against 49ers team that is known to be offensively sound and 17 against a Rams team who, with Sean McVay, prides themselves on offense and trickery. So as we turn the page to Denver, I think this team is in no man's land. What the hell do they do well? This so-called praise defense, Bradley Chubb, free agent signing A.J. Boye, they have been anything but praised, letting Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs drop 37, Matt Ryan and company drop 34, Mahomes and obviously that crazy offense drop 43. Drew Locke could be the worst quarterback in the NFL. He could be the worst <laughs> quarterback in the NFL. I don't know what the hell John Elway's doing. One of the best quarterbacks ever, and he can't pin a quarterback to draft. 
He missed on Paxton Lynch, signed Brock Osweiler to a billion dollars. He can't throw a football. And now you're stuck with Drew Locke, who's completing 55% of his passes, a TD interception ratio of 7 to 10. He is just not going to win games. The Dolphins are 7-2 and two against the spread this year, 5-0 and oh in the last five, as they have won five in a row. My last pick is the Packers plus 2.5 in Indianapolis. Anytime Aaron Rodgers is an underdog, I'm going to put my mortgage on it. I think the Colts won their Super Bowl last week in a huge divisional tilt with the Titans, which could possibly lead to a letdown spot this week. Yes, their defense is good, but let's be real. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams connection, puts that Tanhill-AJ Brown connection to the grave. And listen, how good are the Colts? They have a record of 6-3, and three, five of their wins against the Vikings, Jets, Bears, all who are god-awful, Bengals, Lions. So I'd be hesitant to pin this Colts team as a good team, especially good enough to be favorites against the Packers. Packers are 4-1 against the spread in their last five road games, and to narrow it down even further, 9-3 and three against the spread in their last 12 against the AFC. I love it. There are the picks. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The main event of the evening. The lock ticket. Here we go, baby. One pick each. It can't lose. We each make our favorite pick of the weekend. We parlay it. We bet them straight. These picks will not miss 3-0 last week. We're going to be 3-0 again. So, I don't know. I could start this one off. My pick of the week, don't call me a homer. I'm taking the Saints minus five in Atlanta. Like I said, I think the biggest thing here for me is the coaching mismatch. Sean Payton versus Raheem Morris. I just don't see him being being unique enough to get through this. I mean, Sean Payton, he's going to have a game plan. Matt Ryan... Obviously, he's going to put up a fight. It's a divisional game. They always give the Saints trouble, but I really see the Saints covering five here. If it was over seven, I'd maybe pull back, but if it's under a touchdown, I'm taking the Saints minus five. I don't see it losing. If you're riding the lock ticket with the Saints, I guess I have to put a lot of money on the Saints. But my (laughs) lock, you guys mentioned it. Chiefs minus six and a half against Oakland is an absolute joke of a line. Like I look at the lines coming out every week. I try to handicap like handicap them myself to see where the value would be. And I had this at nine, minus nine and a half. So at six and a half, there's great value. I think there's a huge public overreaction on the Las Vegas Raiders. I was going to say Oakland. Can't, I'm just not used to that. <laughs> um, on the Raiders, they're good, but they're not up to the Chiefs' standard. The Raiders beat the lock, the lock and the Broncos almost and should have lost to the two and seven Chargers. They had a drop in the end zone with three seconds left. And they struggled to operate, uh, operate the offense against the Browns. So let's not forget that this is a revenge game for the Chiefs. Their only loss was against the Raiders back in Week 5, and Andy Reid, Kreerob touched on it, 18-3 and in his career off a bye, 8-3 and against the spread after a bye, not including playoffs. So that's clicking at over 70%. So, like, again, great value at minus 6.5. Should have been 9.5-10. I'm going to be all over the Chiefs this weekend. I love it. And to, to wrap it up, I'm actually going uh, with an absolute lock of the week, right back to the well when it comes to uh, home favorites this week. And after watching them last night on Monday Night Football, I love what this Minnesota Vikings team is doing right now. Uh, the spread is opening right now at home, minus seven and a half against Dallas. I'm actually going to tease that down to four and a half, not because I'm nervous, but just because you know I'm not convinced that uh, there'll be enough time on the clock. I think there's going to be a heavy run approach. Dalvin Cook's going to go for about 150 yards. Madison's going to chime in with 50 to 60 yards. And Kirk's just going to tear this defense apart. Um, Minnesota's been 6-3 and three across the spread, uh, against the spread this year. And again, that defense is healthy. Harrison Smith looked unbelievable last night. Oh, and yeah. And yeah. the fact that Dalton's playing is an absolute win. He sucks. He cannot move <laughs> the ball. Honestly, like they'll, they'll 
pound Zeke. He might Zeke. still be uh, seeing stars from that hit. Oh my like, god! Know like you know, I'm I'm glad they're coming off a bye because I don't know if Mike McCarthy knows what freaking sport he's coaching. It's unbelievable. I, I absolutely love it. Minnesota Vikings. I think they're going to win by seven to ten, but I'm going to tease it down to four and a half because we have an absolute lock ticket. New Orleans Saints minus five. KC Chiefs minus six and a half. The Minnesota Vikings at minus four and a half. The ticket comes in at plus 444. Again, one unit of $100 pays out 544 total. That's $444 profit. Again, join Max Tilts, join Crayfish, join Cree Rub. We're going to be at the keg next week, Monday night. And you're going to be able to eat whatever you want because this lock ticket is not going <laughs> to miss. That's the goal here, right? Max said it at the intro. You know, we got to upgrade those McDoubles to steaks. I've been, <laughs> I've been picking filet mignon out of my teeth. We got to upgrade those minutes. McDoubles because I've had way too many McDoubles over my <laughs> career. I need to get those steaks in. So listen, the lock ticket's great. Somewhere over the rainbow, off a three and zero week. Hopefully, get at least two and one, three and zero this week. Listen, it's hard to repeat fourteen and three. Let's be real. We're confident. We do our research. We love giving you the content, the picks. We can't wait for episode three. Have a great week, great weekend. Bet responsibly. Yeah, come and on. Let's tilt together. Dun, 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 dun. See you fuckers next week.